What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey guys, Auntie Sarah here. A content warning. Today's episode includes conversation about suicide and eating disorders while discussing this week's episode of Beverly Hills. The National Alliance on Mental Illness, the organization Kyle and Sutton support, is linked in the show notes for this episode. In addition, the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available 24-7. Call or text 988 or chat online. Their website is 988lifeline.org. If you or someone you know is struggling, you are not alone. I would never identify as a gnat. Even though I sometimes bug out. I may not be a member of the American Ballet Theater, but I've never licked a woman's foot unprompted. (laughs) Oh my God, that moment was amazing. We love her. She's a treasure. We love her. She's a treasure. She's a trooper. She's all that and more. But like, it's first off, you could reference COVID, number one, but also it's just a fucking toe. It's like a toe, not after a shower or a bath in which that might be. Fresh out the shoe. Just fresh fresh out the the shoe. Outside in Ojai. Out of doors. I I fully support it. I support Sutton in all of her toe looking endeavors. And that needs to be clear. But yes. Yeah. If there's one And the most important thing that we can take away, certainly from this week of Beverly Hills, is that if you want to, you too can lick a toe. Yeah. It's an equal playing field for everyone. Most of us have 10. So there's any number of options to choose from. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode, and can you imagine if I'm wrong on this, that I'm like fucked, but I do believe it's episode 499. So we're... We're right on top of 500. Cheers. 500. Cheers to that. You're drinking your tea. I'm drinking my sodium electrolyte drink so that I don't die during this recording. I am so, because who wants a seizure? You know what? Save that for the Patreon. You know what I'm saying? Overrated. Save it for the Patreon or an Amazon Live, like a la Kyle. Everybody's doing an Amazon Live. Everyone's got a, everyone's got a, uh, an OnlyFans. And everyone's doing an Amazon Live. But the Amazon Live, is it to sell their own, st- like they have a brand? No, it's because you're an affiliate, right? It's like affiliate, but celeb stuff. Yeah, it's essentially like QVC, right? But it's one-on-one. So like Kyle will go on and be like, I know you can't afford my super expensive shoes, but look at this piece of shit you can get for $39.99. And it's prime, proletariat. It's prime. It'll get to you so quickly. Don't ask how. I Listen, if we could all just remember and keep in our hearts that if you endeavor in life to be much a little less like Jeff Bezos and a little more like Shaq, our world would be a far better place and you would be wealthier in all the ways that count. Anyway, listen, circling back, we got a lot to discuss. So excited to have a return guest, someone all AGs know all 
AGs know that I adore. You know her as a content creator and also the host of the recently launched Hot Hot Topic podcast. I and low. I feel like I was about to say hot and sour or something. I don't know why the hot. Like, it's all the things. Anything you can put an ampersand in between. It's, it's all this. It's all toes and fingers, heads, knees, toes, and whatever. Welcome back to Andy's Girls podcaster, colleague, work friend, Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. BBDB, how are we? Uh, my eyelashes are still wet from tears from watching that episode of Beverly Hills. I'm good, though. I'm going through it because, you know, I watched 10 episodes of Salt Lake City in order to scan them for weirdness after we found out what we found out about Monica. And then I watched the reunion and did a full recap. So, and is that recap available to listeners? It is. That's the latest pod. And it, I can't do that again. I learned a lot about myself. It's too many episodes to watch. Yeah, you sent me, because voice notes are your love language, so you sent me some voice notes about you There's like, really, str- like, truly struggling. Barely made it over the finish line. So it was re-watching Salt Lake. That's what I was confused by. Well, because I had seen little bits, but I wasn't really keeping up with it because my DVR broke. And I, so I was like, hey, okay, I've, I'm sure I've seen the highlights. Because, you know, I went through it. The DVR broke right before BravoCon, set me back. You don't, went I to think BravoCon, you told me that. Had to set up a whole new DVR. Yeah. You don't have YouTube TV? No. Um, okay. Let's discuss. Either. We'll discuss right. offline. All right. I, I need to understand the the pitch. It's a, it's so annoying. I have to say that like literally when Peacock first began, I was mm-hmm. like, great, there's no need for me to have any kind of cable phenomenal canceled it. But what I realized is that live experience is important, especially if you want to record an emergency pod. You can't do it with Peacock because it's stuff that's out the next day. So now I have both. Yeah, that's what I don't like about it, that it's out the next day and it's so effing hard for me to pause it because I pause all the time and it's like no you only get three pauses and then we're just going to shut down Mm -hmm. I just can't stand it we need to get you a new DVR ma'am oh I have it and now I'm programming it but like it just it set me back so I had to go back and like really put myself in it and what was that experience Matt it was borderline madness I was teetering on the edge of madness it's too much real housewives for any brain I mean, there's a lot to deep dive. There's a lot to discuss, a lot cooking. But because, as you mentioned, Beverly Hills, you just watch Beverly Hills. Now, I have to say, I usually watch, before recording, I usually watch each, I would call it major franchise or franchise that I'm like extremely interested in twice. I usually watch each episode twice. Couldn't do it with Beverly Hills. I don't know how you do that. I well listen it's a gift it's a sacrifice I don't know what mm-hmm. to tell you um but couldn't do it BH I did watch the I watched Beverly Hills obviously and I watched the after show just now but I couldn't watch the episode again cuz it was too uh complicated and difficult it, I cried I I saw I like I don't know if I sobbed or I wept maybe a, I I swept yeah. like I did some combination of the two it was very difficult and impactful to watch now, for me, I definitely open mouth cried. I went into it being like, okay, Sarah said it was sad, so I'm brave. I'm good. <laughs> you were like, I'm fine. Can you just, I'm gonna be can fine. you just like summarize it for me on the pod? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I said, I don't care what happened. Just spoil it for me. Yeah. I can't watch any more Real Housewives <laughs> this right kind now. Of spoiler. Absolutely not. You need to sit through it and cry like the rest of us. I 
did. I opened mouth saw. I was like, I didn't see that coming. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was bad. But then there's a moment of comedic relief. To me, there was anyway, where I cackled and it pulled me out of it. PK? Uh, but we can talk about that. Yeah. What was the moment that pulled you out? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it right now. It was very sad. And then Kyle finishes her speech and Morgan gets up and sings a very sexy song. And I wasn't expecting a sexy song. And I started laughing and it made me feel good. So thanks, Morgan. You know what? I didn't even notice the lyrics. You didn't? It was like, lay me on your kitchen floor. We'll do some things you never did before. And I was like, oh, well, I'm. Oh, well, I'm out of that sadness. Thanks. Learning from Ojai. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing of it is, I have never heard Morgan perform before. Hmm. I just assumed, I don't know, it was like maybe not for me because I don't know. Country, there's no, a country that I love, but I like for I everyone. Yeah. yeah. So then I started, the second she started singing, I was like, Melissa Etheridge? Like, Oh my god! Like I'm oh no, I think she's today. better. I think she's better than that in a different way. But I was never a huge Melissa Etheridge fan. But I do like uh, you to know, my I, window something 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 window Don't play something it to something. Me. I can't. I've heard it too many times in my life. I'm, oh, I'm good now. My God, you love it for me. Wow. So mm-hmm. you think Morgan is better than Melissa? Look, life is subjective. Art is subjective. Wine is subjective. Don't yuck my yum. I'm okay. just saying, <laughs> if you if you gave me, if I was in a hallway and there are two doors and you said walk through one of these doors and one is go watch Melissa Etheridge or the other one is go watch Morgan Wade, I'm going to go watch Morgan Wade. Those are my only two doors. I mean, there were moments from that scene and that kind of like if you're thinking of an episode of housewives in different acts like there's this moment there's this environment there's this environment and there's this environment at that event going from sobbing from sobbing over kyle over sutton over garcelle talking about the loss of their loved ones the abruptness the impact of it the Mm. finality of it to Anna Marie. I that was another moment that took me out of it and I was cursing, I was speaking in tongues. I uh. was like you stupid stupid <laughs> fucking bitch. And then I just was like so overwhelmed by yelling at the TV. I cuz you know what? You know what? There's a difference when someone makes you mad when you were just sad. It's a different kind of mad. Yeah. Because you're so irritated. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm so irritated because I was like, here's this beautiful moment, moment that yes. you're sh- shitting on. Like, nobody's going to want to lick your toes ever again because you're not very fun. Don't even say it to She's me. never. I don't want to see a single one of her toes. She better wear closed toe to the reunion. Otherwise, I'm going to file a formal grievance. Like, I, she's just, it, I, here's the thing. It's like, at a certain point, is this what is this the path that she thinks works? Is this the route that she thinks she needs to do as a housewife? Or does she just think that Kyle gave her a gift and it's the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to talking about son's esophagus? She's doing Kyle's bidding. That's all she's doing. She's, she's a doing puppet a for terrible Kyle. job of it. She thinks that she is doing MKE. She thinks that she is MKE 2.0. She thinks that she's going to get to the bottom of this health ruse. And I'm going to be a champion of the people and they're going to love me and I'm going to be the new Megan King. Ma'am, politely, respectfully, no, not at all. This is not the same thing. Sutton is not pretending to have cancer. She has a medical issue that she lives with every day. 
so the fuck what, excuse me, if she takes smaller bites or doesn't eat certain food. The fact that this has become a storyline at all is disgusting. And I have to say I'm really irritated with Crystal and with Garcelle. And I get they probably didn't want to make a scene there, but shut it down. Like, shut it all the way down. Be like, we don't want to hear this. Like, she's not here and you're so lucky she's nowhere that she can hear you talking right now. And this is the last we want to hear about this. Ever. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to see that happen with Crystal. I saw, yeah, I saw that snippet. I was happy to see that. Yeah, but with Garcelle, I was like, I get her thinking. I think Garcelle realized she made a mistake, honestly, because she like hopped on over to Sutton to be like, oh my God, this bitch is still talking about you. And then she realized, I think, in Sutton's response that like that is such an inappropriate thing to discuss so at hurtful. this event. Such a it's hurtful. It's so yes. hurtful. It's honestly insulting and ex- extremely disrespectful. And Playing in the land of make-believe, if we are to believe um, Anna Marie, who says on the after show she had no idea about Sutton's dad, which is, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't believe it, but let's pretend that she's so self-absorbed that if she watched the show, she doesn't remember anything except for what she would have done had she been on sooner than now, than this one season almost wonder except LOL absolute first act and everyone is leaving during intermission like let's pretend that that's the case you still know that it is for all intents and purposes a memorial for your cast member's best friend sister with you know like best her family like, was there her, her mother her was best there friend's family was there her children the daughters her and you think at an event about mental health suicide that you think this is an appropriate time to drop into the conversation whether or not son is lying about her esophagus to hide an eating disorder which is such a fucked disgusting way to talk about mental health issues and addiction she should be ashamed of herself she's not she doubles down on the after show and then's like i didn't actually say it but she absolutely did no, this woman, you're not going to get any humility out of this woman. I noticed that about her at BravoCon. Yeah. You're really not going to get a single ounce of humility. And then she does like this whole fakakta. But everybody knows that when I say something, I mean it and I mean what I say. You don't. You, you're doing press right now where you're like, I only yeah. talked about the esophagus once and I was being facetious. No, you weren't. That's a sound you were being bite. No. a dick. Like you 100%. She's speaking in sound bites, but like she's also communicating in long form essay. And as a former and continuing long form essay spiritual thinker, like mm-hmm. we see each other and you're obnoxious. So for Garcelle, Garcelle knows what's unexperienced. So when she walked over in that moment, I was like, I think she she understood that it was that she made a mistake in telling Sutton then. I, I think Garcelle made a mistake. I honestly, I think she made a mistake and I think she recognized it. But at least she cares about Sutton versus like, what's her face? I keep forgetting her name. Anna Marie, Amory, whatever. It doesn't matter. One and done. She yep. doesn't matter. She she like so truly doesn't matter in this space and possibly others like it's just it's so maddening that this person who espouses all of the um, intelligence she brings through her medical degree, which is she's done incredible advanced schooling for her to use it in the way that she has and weaponize it. It's like she's repugnant. She's just I hate the amount of time we're focusing on this and it's my fault, but it's because it needs to be focused on because what she's doing is vile. Yeah, it absolutely is. She's horrible. She has no self-awareness. What really got me to was they are sitting on this little couch off to the side, Crystal on one side, 8.5 Anne in the middle, Garcelle on the other side. And she says, 
Not to change the subject, but... And in that millisecond, I said to myself, it's not going to be about the esophagus. She wouldn't do that here. Yeah. She's not going to stop these ladies from having the conversation that they're having and make it about the esophagus. But damn if she didn't. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. My rage, my lashes wet with tears and filled with rage. It was the most inappropriate thing. And then, you know, she gaslights Crystal and says, I didn't say, uh, I didn't say eating disorder when she literally just said, I think maybe the esophagus thing, you know, if you've had an eating disorder, blah, blah, blah. And Crystal's like, yo, let's not say, uh, let's not be talking about eating disorders. She's like, I didn't say eating disorder. You said that. Remember, you said that. If anybody asked me, you said that. Yeah. And she doubles down on that on the after show on a last a previous episode of the after show. And then on the newest episode, she's like, listen, I didn't really say that. The only reason I'm saying it is because I'm saying what Kyle said. And I'm trying to understand what Kyle referenced. And it's like, bitch, if you actually meant that, if you weren't taking Kyle's word as God, which is what we are seeing in real on, on these episodes, if you are pretending in real time that you're just trying to like figure out if Kyle is telling the truth or using accurate information, you would be using the word Kyle in any of that conversation, but you're not because you're like fucking dumb. Like it's just this is why people with chronic health conditions don't talk about it with people because they're afraid they're not going to exactly. be believed. Like she's a perfect example of that. She's that's a right. Terrible, so- terrible yeah. provider. Or somebody's going to start trying to troubleshoot you like, huh, well, have you tried? And well, you know, I think maybe it could be. And it's like, okay, I could live without all of that, without any of that. Thank you. Yeah. Also, she talks in the after show about how her, you know, wonderful mensch of a man, her husband is like the best because he tells her when he sees someone in public who he fucks and uh, who he has had sex with rather. And she's like, so then when he likes a photo, I don't need to worry. We don't have trust issues and like other people because when he likes a photo, I know whether or not he's had sex with that person like 20 years ago. This woman has like eight and a half feels like a high number at this point. I would, someone's grading on a curve. I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even, I'm aghast per usual at this couple. At Beverly Hills casting, more than anything, like when I get real mad, it just circles back to Beverly Hills casting of who's letting Kyle pick. Who's letting Kyle pick? (laughs) For like, literally for real, like they, she's becoming, God forbid, God help her soul, honestly, she's becoming a little bit of a Diana trigger for me, where it's like, when I think about her, I just like explode into rage and it's hard. Yeah, my my fists ball up. Yeah, I'm I'm clenched. I'm clenched (laughs) in all the areas. I started taking earrings out and my fists ball up. I didn't even think about it. And I have many piercings. So that takes Mm -hmm. me a minute to take out those earrings. Let me tell you what, hashtag curated ear. Um, Let's circle back to what's actually (laughs) important from this scene, uh, which is, you know, of course, you know, shitting on Amory is a, a national pastime. So that that yeah. must be uh, an endeavor that we pursue. If I was on my deathbed, if you came up to me and you were like, hey, remember, remember 8.5? That heart rate would start pumping. Mm-hmm. I'd have some energy for you. She yeah. does get uh, our heart rates pumping, our, our heart rates moving. And I have low blood Not in a pressure, good way. So Like I want her gone way. Like she can't come back. There's nothing to offer. She's not coming. There's no way she's coming There's back. No she way. She doesn't know how to do this. She can't do this well. She, she can't cannot do, well. do this. Mm-mm. No. You can't train it. Look at Teddy. No. They're actually honestly kind of spiritual cousins because Teddy's the kind of girl that like walks in and is like, here's a performed line that I had that's attempting to show I have a sense of humor while dragging you, but she doesn't have a sense of humor. She has not no. even a little bit of one. So it doesn't work. Cause she's not, she doesn't have a, that much room in her heart. She doesn't. No. 
No. You know what's so funny to me? It's so funny to me how, I have to say, time out. It's so funny to me how much you don't like Teddy, but you like Kyle, but that's Teddy's bestie. Nobody's perfect. And honestly, one of the worst parts about Kyle you are is the how much company you keep. I know. And that's what makes this so bad. Like, hmm. but the thing is with, with Kyle, I understand why Kyle and Teddy are so attracted to each other as friends because they're okay. able to receive in each other something that I think they have missing otherwise. And that can create and strengthen a really, really lasting relationship. I, I get it. I think that they are getting things from each other as far as their relationship, commitment, loyalty, truth, sincerity that maybe they don't have in other areas. And I also think that Kyle has certainly depended on her girlfriends throughout her life, like obviously in understanding her friendship and relationship with Laureen, that was a long standing 40 mm -hmm. years plus, I want to say that they were good friends. Like in understanding that, I can only imagine for Kyle, who really, you know, has friends as family, like they're truly her family, how much she is looking to Teddy and looking to other close members of her circle to really step up because the important part of this episode was really hearing Kyle. I mean, there were several important parts, honestly, um, but hearing Kyle talk about her relationship with her best friend, the mm -hmm. loss of it, and do it in a way that's raising awareness for an organization I'm going to link to in the show notes for this episode for NAMI. I just thought this is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I appreciated that the vast majority of the cast, minus Amarie, who sucks, really understood the gravity of that event of that occasion and the fact that her mom that uh Lorene's mom was there her kids were there it was just to hear Kyle talk about loss in that way but also the continued presence of her friend she's here she's here with us for her to use that language is so powerful and active and I think can help a lot with like healing from such a sudden loss and from the yeah. shock of it. And I have to say, I, I thought that Sutton, the things that she said in her confessionals, the lessons that she's learned, because she's coming at it from someone who's lived with the grief of that for 20 plus years, maybe more, I can't remember. But she just, the things that she said I thought were really powerful of like, I've learned this and I've learned that. You have to just let it go. You can't try to figure out why or drive yourself crazy about maybe if I was there five minutes earlier or whatever that is. Um for anybody's personal situation and then saying to herself he is still with me and and having and then Kyle says something similar you know to Lorraine's mom I can't it's like literally if we talk about this more I'm just gonna start sobbing like I can feel it's it very sad. it's very sad it was seeing her mother that did it for me that's like the 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 clouds open and I cried really really hard seeing her mom because it felt like a really meaningful not show busy not Beverly Hills BS amazing event and then you know Anne marie comes and squats and takes a poop on it and that sent me into a rage um kyle's speech was was great Beautiful. everybody was so respectful garcelle reaching over and just taking sutton's hand during oh my it God. spoke that's volumes friendship. that's friendship made me want to cry harder yeah. yes um yeah i mean dorit made me mad per usual stuff happens but you know what are you gonna do 
at that event, I mean, there were so many moments. I'm glad you mentioned Garcelle reaching for Sutton's hand because that was incredibly powerful. And also Sutton, like I don't, Kyle, I think was understandably so was just kind of like in a haze after. But Sutton, we saw Sutton, you know, connecting with Kyle and like patting her on the shoulder or the back or whatever she did just to be yeah. like, you know, I'm here for you and I understand. I think that's the takeaway that a lot of us had. And also, I just have to say, like Garcelle talking about, I can't, I'm literally going to cry. I can't do it. But Garcelle talking about the finality of when like she lost her mom and like, yes, you don't realize until later on, like, yes, the shock of that. Like, it's just, it's too much. I really can't get into it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't get into it. It's just, it's, I know, it's, it's very devastating. Sad. It's so sad. It's really, it was a moving episode. It was really, really moving. It was really moving. And that was only in the last like five to eight minutes. But that dominates the episode because it was so powerful. The rest of the episode, I felt like really flew by. Mm. Um, another moment of rage that I just want to clarify why Dorit made me mad was because that moment about the esophagus, Garcelle gets up to go tell Sutton and... She tells her, like, Anne-Marie is, like, really still coming for you. And Dorit, in her confessional with her, I don't even, I can't even talk about Dorit's confessionals these days, but Dorit in her confessional is like, Garcelle just comes over, lights a match, and walks away. And I was like, no, uh, that's not actually what that was. That was a friend coming over telling another friend, this woman is talking crap about you at this event. Like, she's not letting this go. Sure, Garcelle could have said it differently. Maybe she should have told her later. But a good friend comes and tells you, and at least she did that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I hope I just thought that was so off base for Dorit. For Dorit, totally. And I hope that people do hold Kyle accountable for starting this. They need to, and that bothers me too. I don't think that people are thinking about because obviously a lot of the focus is on like Anna Marie doing the active labor at this point. But like at the reunion, we need to circle back to how this started. Like we need Correct. to focus on the person who like lit this match and said a variety of really um, uh inappropriate comments about Sutton's drinking, about her eating habits, um, about her esophagus, like genuinely, like that needs to be a moment. But who's going to hold Kyle accountable for that? I don't know. I really don't know. Aside from Sutton, I hope that Garcelle does. Um, I I don't know who else would. I hope that Garcelle does. I hope that Crystal does. Uh, I hope anybody who's paying attention would, because at this meaningful event that Kyle is hosting, the irony of then the the person that she put into play is still going in the background like one of my kids' toys they forgot to turn off in the middle of the night. And I'm like, what's that? What's that over in the corner? Oh, it's the toy that's still going. Like, Kyle, you've created a monster here at her own meaningful event. It just felt so awful. And she just, like, needs to shut it off. Like, there's got to be a shut-off mode, 8.5 Ann, of like, hey, not today, not here, not right now. Beverly Hills genuinely has such a darkness in talking about matters dealing with addiction, matters dealing with like chronic health issues that is so consistent. It like makes a person sort of feel a little about the lack of grace and empathy that like honestly production has but also the cast. It's like they have there's like a soul that's missing in talking about some of this. Yeah, it's like the world's worst people. And, you know, when we first started watching Beverly Hills, it was aspirational. It was like glitz and glamour and wealth. 
And it just somehow nosedived into you expect nothing, nothing from, from a lot of these ladies. You don't expect them to connect and understand humanity or just basic social niceties. Um, it can be rough to watch the show and, be, and, and then to question yourself and be like, why am I watching these horrible people? I want them to be good people, at least a little bit. I don't know that I would take it that far, just personally. I think it's really genuinely specific to like talking about health conditions, talking about addiction, talking about uh, eating disorders and disordered eating. I think that they just have a really chronically toxic pattern of talking about it and the show using that as entertainment. Yeah, I'm still shocked from from last year of Erica screaming and saying, I only care about me. Stuff like that sticks sticks with me for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's better this season. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. To me, it it definitely, for a lot of the women, they can just be so insensitive, not only to each other, but just to, to others that it's hard sometimes. Whereas I think with other franchises, they bond over showing each other consideration. And Beverly Hills, you that's it's just rare. It's rare, which is why I personally like the relationships between the women where they like Garcelle reaching that hand over just that little gesture and, you know, seeing the softer side of Kyle and others who are trying to do good. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. 
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And I think that they want to connect. I think that they have the capacity to. I mean, this episode was a great example of their ability to do that successfully in a way that is meaningful for the cast, I think, certainly, and also absolutely for the audience. I just think that there's like a sensitivity in the words of Jennifer Aniston talking about her ex, like there's a sensitivity chip that's missing. And I think it can be really specific to areas that the show has not done a great job of educating people about, which is unfortunate because we know that they have the capacity to. We've seen it on other franchises like New Jersey following Jackie's journey and also her responses when her cast Mm -hmm. members have said things that have come from a place of um, ignorance and uh, her responses to that. And and it's just unfortunate that it doesn't um, feel consistent at Beverly Hills, which is considered by many to be like a landmark house-size franchise, regardless of how you feel about maybe the current season. I feel pretty good about it. Um, it, It's unfortunate, but there was, I don't want to take away from the power of what was communicated in this episode, which was just, I thought a lot of depth and a lot of honor to how Kyle was speaking about her friend and her 
interest in trying to educate other people about suicide, about how to prevent suicide, about the impact of suicide, and about the idea of that, um, about Loreen, about Loreen's death, surely, and also her life, that her life when you're talking about a family member or loved one who's died by suicide, it's to talk about her life, um, including the gravity of how she died, but not examining her life only through that lens, that Laureen was so much more than how she died. And in addition to educating people about suicide, about how to talk about suicide, for for Kyle to really focus on the life that Laureen lived, which was such a powerful, positive, obviously incredibly influential life, how Laureen talked about relationships and and how Kyle is struggling now in, in thinking and holding to her continued friendship with this woman who's no longer here physically, but certainly here in spirit. I mean, Kyle saying, you know, two days before Laureen died, um, you know, that Laureen said to her, I think like something around the lines of like, hold close to your marriage, hold close to your husband. And Kyle now feeling like, am I failing this woman, my best friend? I call her in my head, Kyle's sister, because they had that kind of relationship and family connection with each other. For her to think like, am I failing Loreen now by sort of moving apart from my husband? I mean, that's incredibly deep, very intense, very complicated. And I really, really appreciate Kyle going there with us and sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a very powerful thing for her to share. And what struck me, too, was that she, in her speech, talked about her friend, mm. the loss, and talked about Morgan. Those two women were in were the only people in that speech. Like Mo- was Morgan didn't in the come- speech? When she introduced her? Well, she introduced her. She's like, and we have a musical guest for you tonight at the yeah, end. But that's not so really... to me, well, to me, the only thing she said when she had the mic in her hand are like the speech about her friend and then saying, and we have Morgan waited for you tonight. So to me, it was like that lifted her. That was like a bright light. Oh, okay. You know, of something got it, got it, got positive. It. Oh, okay. Okay. And a way of memorializing her friend. So I felt like there was something there and it was powerful to her. Um and amazing of her to share it because she's been very, you know, keep it close, it seems, with a lot of things. But I don't know. It's uh, It's been interesting because I was – I always say, like, Beverly Hills is kind of turning into the Kyle show. And, you know, that that whole lunch they had with the licking the foot where out of nowhere, out of nowhere with no warning, no setup, no segue. She's just like, would you ever date a woman? You know, to Dorit. And, uh, you know, Dorit's face and then Dorit's face again, watching her feed uh, Morgan fruit at the event. It's, it's Dorit is having a season. She's just. Dorit's having some positive moments, though, which is sort of hard to imagine at points. But like her reactions to things, I'm like, this is her reactions to things. Yeah. And I also thought that uh, PK was pretty callous with her during the, they had their like therapy session, whatever that was, airing of grievances. I'm not really sure. Was that couples therapy? Because I was watching it pretty fast. So it was, it was Dorit's therapist coming over to talk to Dorit, who I believe is her 
patient, if that's the correct word to use. Um, I've been in therapy for like several years. You would think I would know. I literally have lost all sense of myself at this point. I went one time and I cried oh, yeah? so hard. Yeah, I went one time. I was crying really hard. And the therapist I was paying like, I don't know, $80, $110 an hour yawned, but did one of those yawns where they try to hide it, where it was like, yeah. mm, like that while I'm open mouth crying. And I was like, I'm good. I think I'm good with this. I think this is the last, this is the last time we do this. So that was my nightmare, which is why mm-hmm. I should have been in therapy for a, a very, very long time. Shouldn't we all? Part of therapy is sort of healing from the fact that I didn't get this thing that I'm now getting now. And the part of the therapy is just trying to like heal <laughs> just the fact that I get didn't it. get it before. Yeah. Um, but that was my nightmare. It's why I didn't I didn't seek therapy for yeah. decades when I should have until there was a huge crisis point uh, in which it was like a this you you literally have to do this now. You have to get intervention. And my nightmare was uh, was having someone who wouldn't understand me or going through because a lot of people it's like any other kind of like doctor or medical provider. You're not necessarily it's gonna- a business. It is sure, but also the fact that you might not find the person who's going to be able to treat you in the way that feels connective. So uh, I was lucky. the The therapist that I uh, was with for several years was the first and only therapist I had seen as an adult at that point. Um, and thank God she introduced me to my psych, who's like the love of my life. But therapy can and does save lives and lead to positive lives. And I think I can only be my own best example of that. I am a different person now than I was then as a, as a, as a result of therapy, as a result of starting an antidepressant, which I did not correctly swallow this morning. So well, what an oddity to me and talking about esophagus stuff because I can feel I'm having a oh my swallowing God. Is issue. it a big pill or is it a small pill? What's the size? M&M. M&M. Okay, listen to something I learned on TikTok. Okay, tell and it me. works. Because I okay. can feel it in my you know how, right now. I can feel it. Because I, I take a ton of like supplements. I have like, you know, the giant like uh, fish oil supplements. Like these are big no, ass pills sure. that I'm taking. I would never. Yeah. But I know it's it's terrible. I hate it. But I used to take it and like look up. You know, you look up and you're like, oh, oh, and you're trying to swallow it. No, no, look down. You can you can take tons of pills without even just just trust me. Next time you take the pill, take it, put in your mouth with some water, and look down and swallow. But how does that help me now? Just try drink some more water. But what I'm saying is like <laughs> the next time you take it though, look down. It'll go right down and you won't have to like deal with it being stuck in your throat. I'm gonna tell you what, after choking on a veggie taco, this is the thing is that like I actually think part of the reason why I'm upset about sun, in addition to being a human person about the esophagus stuff, is because I've really <laughs> I have an eating disorder, which is like separate from the fact that like sometimes I just am not great at chewing. Like I sometimes I forget to chew and sometimes the way I swallow, it's like I just kind of like I don't pay attention to it. And I think I'm the kind of learner who needs to pay more attention when I swallow. Like, I really oh, think I that feel you. This is because I've noticed after since the fact I agree. The taco, sometimes I don't chew. Sometimes I, I swallow. I am psycho about this in my house yeah. because there is there's a certain kind of stress of having a small children where you have to cut a grape in half because that could block their tiny esophagus. I need you to treat me like a child. It's, that's what I do. And I probably will always cut food into the tiniest little bits possible. And it's it's just a fear that I have. Adults pass all the time from choking on food in their apartments. Like, I just think it's <laughs> – I'm, I'm very choke-wary. 
And so, again, for this to be a storyline on Beverly Hills of somebody is just trying to chew properly and doesn't want to eat certain foods because they don't want to trigger their Why is that something we're, f- we're fixated on? We should be like, yes, choking is bad. Do what you need to do. End of, end of story. Why, why are we doing this? It makes me so crazy. And people have actual health. We've talked about this before. I know we won't go off on it, but there are legitimate actual health conditions. Sutton has one. Leave her alone. Her brother has I one get too. so mad. Yes. Yeah. Nurse Ratchet should be spending more time talking about how we don't God. want people to choke. Like, why? Again, I know about nothing that? about her. I know well, enough. Swallowing can be tough. And sometimes it's like if you get nervous about swallowing, like that can be that can really clench. So I just want to shout out all of my swallow um, savior survivors out there. Like we see each other like genuinely. I don't have an esophagus issue. I'm truly not making light of this. But I am saying that as someone who sometimes doesn't is not I'm not at 100 percent. You know what I'm saying? With the swallowing, like Mm -hmm. that's not the masterclass that I'm going to lead if and when I am extended that invite. It's not going to be about how to chew a veggie taco. That's just that's just not the kind of class I'm able to teach, but I will take a talk. I would take that yeah. class. I would pay. Mm-hmm. I would not pay, but I would do a free trial for that. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about. This. Oh, therapy is great. Um, oh, PK. Antidepressants he was, is great. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what we during about? their yeah. little session, I was just kind of surprised at some of the stuff PK was saying and was saying like, where does high maintenance stuff mix with PTSD? So he was like calling her out on some of her high maintenance stuff. And the flashbacks producers did her dirty, showing her being like, why didn't we get the presidential suite? Oh, with this strap and just her, you know, the way she is. And I'm like, PK, was she not like this when you married her? And then he literally goes into, she wasn't like this. <laughs> and I'm that like, you know what? Terrible. And you know, I'm like, you have only yourself to blame, PK. Remember when season one, when they were first on, they were all on some damn yacht. Lord knows. And he's like, Jump in the water, babe, and I'll get you an Hermes bag. And she jumps in. And I'm like, okay, well, guess what? You created a monster, too. Now she expects an Hermes bag for jumping in water. All right. Don't we all? Um, Listen, two things. This is yeah. a two-parter response from uh, Swallow City over here. Um, Number one, I think part of the issue is that PK is carrying a certain amount of anger. PK and Dorit began a certain kind of lifestyle, maybe one that they couldn't afford or certainly couldn't continue. No, nobody would do that on Beverly Hills. I know, right? It's it's a shock. No. It's the first they time all live within happened. their means. Absolutely, yeah. they do. <laughs> But I think at a certain point, PK is struggling with the fact that they can no longer live that lifestyle and maybe he hasn't told Dorit to scale back. I think that at a certain point, PK is carrying anger for the fact that they are living a certain life. She's now, you know, using fucking Hermes China for like shitty pizza stuff like that he that she is still expecting a certain kind of life that he can't afford to provide for the family. And he's holding that against her while also potentially not being honest about the state of affairs or maybe being in denial or or what? I mean, I I really we don't have any information on this that's not based on some sort of speculation because the show has never gone close to discussing it. But I think that there is a certain amount of anger there because and it's directly connected to the financial stuff and it's coming out in how he looks at her behavior. 
I also think that when he is asking her questions, I think he genuinely wants to understand aspects of this. He genuinely wants to protest whether certain elements of her behavior are specific to a PTSD response versus her being a dick. Like he talks about that. He broke down at a certain point, which shocked me. Like the fact that he was, I actually really felt, I was so thankful to see that, to see him acknowledge you are in pain. A part of this is connected to the fact that I don't want to believe you're in pain because I love you and I don't want you to hurt in this way. I totally, I have nothing but empathy for that. That being said, when he is asking her, can you calmly explain to me in moments in which, LOL, you're having a PTSD response, why that response is happening is a question he should ask his own therapist. And what he is asking for Dorit to do is to be his like mental health advisor. And that's not a role she should be playing or should she should be asked to play. And the difficulty for me is like watching this session between Dorit and her therapist, ostensibly someone she has been seeing who's been treating her, who I assume has been treating her since. And then Dorit goes on the after show and talks about, you know, how they have had separate, uh, how she and PK have spoken to each other after that session. And me thinking to myself, ideally, there is counseling between you guys as a couple, but ideally separate from that, PK is asking someone who is a registered, educated professional in the field of mental health, these questions, and not expecting Dorit to fill that role. Yeah, to re- Dorit having to teach him PTSD 101 while also navigating it and just living it is a bit much to expect. I mean, I did appreciate that he had honest questions, but I would assume, you know, I would assume with their displays of wealth that he was also taking the time to be in his own therapy and asking What does wealth questions. have to do with it? It doesn't matter. I don't think wealth, wealth certainly can have an impact in the kind of resources a person would be able to access. But the decision to uh, pursue therapy is one that is incredibly complicated. Well, to me, because to me, therapy is very expensive. So I think they probably have the resources and access to get like the best of the best. Like when I, you know, went online to find my therapist, it was like, well, who's in network? And it's like, but they're in Los Angeles and they've got like this amazing pool of professionals that they can access with their notoriety, their resources, their time. He's not, you know, in the salt mines from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. or something. So that's what I mean by that. But much like pursuing any kind of mental health treatment or support, you ideally want to pursue that. And I don't think that has anything to do with money. I think that has to do with um, an understanding of what this is and a fear of what it could lead to. For sure. I mean, it seemed to me like they had that inclination. So I do think I do think in America, you know, with healthcare, resources matter and they they have them. They're very fortunate. Resources do matter. They have a definite impact in the kind of provider a person might be able to uh, seek and receive treatment for and how long they're able to receive that treatment. That being said, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't think that's the reason why PK is not seeking therapy. I, I don't think that's the reason why PK is not uh, necessarily educating himself on his free time about what PTSD is. I think that comes from a place of absolute fear. Hmm. Interesting. And when you're going to making the decision to go to therapy, especially if you've grown up in an environment or family in which therapy was like not only not a part of life, but like something a person should literally fear, 
Like, I'm not going to go into the details of that, but let's just say that, like, that can really sincerely compound a person's anxiety about whether or not to make that decision. Like, Mm -hmm. if you feel like this is going to damage your life (laughs) because you've been in an environment in which that was not an option for a reason, that it was, like, actively no, that it is incredibly difficult to make that decision and do this thing, especially if you're afraid that, you know, there are going to be consequences for it. Or that it's just so unknown that like unknown can't be good, you know, like to pick the up the I mean, like I remember in my early 20s and as you know, I'm in my spiritually mid 20s plus. So that's only days ago, really, when you think about it. I remember I made an appointment with uh, a therapist because I I highly recommend whenever possible going through referrals, go through people who you trust, who you love, who've seen a certain provider. That's how I met my therapist and then my psych. But um. Uh, I remember making an appointment with a, a therapy, whatever it's called, uh, through a friend's personal recommendation, made the point, canceled it, made it again, canceled it, made it again, and then never went for, you know, one could say a decade, but <laughs> what are numbers, really? What are dates? Yeah. Like, that's it's, t- it's tough to to try to work through that and break through that, especially if you're LOL, not in therapy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's tough. True. So I, I give him I, I have empathy for that. I, I I or at least I connect to it. I think both maybe. You're nodding. Mm-hmm. You don't agree as much. That's okay. No, no. I mean I think it's I, I don't even know. I don't know what goes on with them. I never know anymore. I'm I'm jaded. I've watched ten episodes of Salt Lake City. I don't know what's real and what's not and who's being honest and who's not anymore. Well, I think that's the <laughs> perfect way to switch over and discuss a little bit about Salt Lake. Now, you've watched just a couple minutes, I'm hearing, of Salt Lake City. Yeah, City's just content. a little bit. I just dipped my toe in it. I'm a bit of a novice. Did anyone lick it prior? Oh, God. No? Okay. I, oh, God. <laughs> and then, and then you know, and then Sutton tries to put her tongue in Dorit's mouth. I felt like Dorit could have been kinder about it. She's like, it touched me. I'm like, Dorit, you've had worse in that mouth. Stop it. You know what? I think the toe thing for me, like I would be fine with like licking an arm, an elbow. I don't know about a cheek. Now I'm like thinking about body parts, but like, you know, that's that that, thing when you're like on a date or whatever and like, you know, someone's like making a move. So they like start to massage your feet. I hate that because my feet are not attractive. And I know in that moment you're going to see a piece of me that's like just a not not the best, not the best piece. And I know that you're trying to to relax me, but it's actually getting me slightly activated because now I'm just thinking about you touching my feet. Like it's I not- love a foot rub. I will take a foot rub from any I'll take a foot rub from a gross guy. Really? <laughs> I yes. I don't want you touching my feet in that way. My no, I mean I wouldn't, but I'm saying I love a foot rub so much I would be tempted. Like you know I actually wouldn't, but still. No, you would yeah. is what you're telling me right now. This Maybe. is a safe space. This is no, nah, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. It's too. No, it's too intense. While licking your way through your ten episodes, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. While watching, so I was like- army crawling through ten episodes. <laughs> it's like, come on, you got one left in, and you can do one more. What did you learn through that post uh, reality Vontees? What changed for you? I felt like I was seeing things that I otherwise would not have seen. Like I would have, I would have, but I would have talked myself out of it. I would have, I would have been watching and said, how that seems like a really, it almost seems like a story, an actual story that someone sat down and wrote that you would build up 
going to Bermuda because that's where your grandma was from. And on your actual birthday, you're going to see family that you've never met before. And then, hold on, you're going to get a text and they canceled on you and it's your mother's fault. Yeah. Okay. If we're going to be like 100. Be 100. Don't gonna, ever give me 99. Safe, okay. I, I would never. I would never give you less than 103. I, this is a safe space. And people have every right to disagree, Always. but we need to be Always. we need to be a hundred percent because that's the Let's most be. important thing. It's not being right, it's being honest. Okay. It's not. It's it's an opinion. It's an opinion. And my opinion in watching that scene prior to Von T's, when I watch it, but I didn't want to discuss it on Andy's Girls, but you just mm-hmm. did. So you opened that door. So this is fr- technically your fault. Sure. Is that I thought to myself, something is slightly off here. There's no way. I think that whole thing was BS. I don't think there was ever family that she was going to meet. I think she and her mom. She was door. I, no, she's a great. Back and forth. Something was off. Something was off. Something was off. Something was off. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. I, I think she and her mom storyboarded out their entire, uh, you know, season of how it was going to go. I don't think her mom was like, and I'm okay with you blaming me for this part. I don't think her mom. No, was- I mean. They knew they were going to have strife. I think their strife was planned. That's what I think. I don't know. I still think, no, they're still, I think that a certain element They still have issues. Yes, yes. I just want to, yes. They 100%, I don't think in any way that they are. I don't think they were a happy mom-daughter and they were like, now we have to make drama. Like, I think the drama was there. And if you've seen any of those leaked vids from Tanisha, Heather's allegedly current hairstylist, like, they have an incredibly toxic, really disturbing relationship. It's it's genuinely horrifying. I do also think that according to some of these videos, when, you know, mom, mommy dearest is talking about like, you're an actress, perform like, yes, there's a certain mm-hmm. amount of that that is evident in Monica's behavior over the course of the season. And there was something that was slightly off to me about that reveal and the reveal happening in that moment. It, there was something mm-hmm. like, and maybe it was off for a different reason. Maybe it was off because she just assumed that this thing would happen and maybe it wasn't hard confirmed or maybe it was hard confirmed and it just fell apart because they didn't maybe want to talk about the things that Monica wanted to talk about. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But something did not pass the smell test. I'm always open to being wrong, but I'm just saying something was off. it's me watching the show even without knowing what we knew at the end about her and her mom talking about screen time and having to ratchet up drama and her saying she's going to be a star on bravo and all this kind of stuff even if i didn't know that i would have been like this just feels too convenient this just feels like it was written it just doesn't seem it's just a little bit too much mm-hmm. so anyway it was enlightening to go back and watch all the episodes and then get to the end and watch the the first of the reunion. And how did we feel about the reunion? Well, you know, I heard Andy talking about it, a clip from his radio show where, you know, he and John were talking about the reunion. And John's like, how do you not just get right to it? Just get right to the thing, the elephant in the room. And he's like, we can't start there. Then we don't have anywhere to go. We got it's a slow boil. So it didn't get, of course, to where we know it will. It's got to build there. And I think it's a three-parter. So we'll see what we get. But I thought it was interesting that she tries to do this like, 
self-depreciating kind of speech of like, I'm just a whore and I'm getting a divorce and I just have my humble like 3,000 square foot home. And people are like, record scratch, 3,000. <laughs> like they can't even, she can't even just be honest about her square footage. I don't know. And then Angie had some great burns. I mean, she was, I was pretty opinionless about her during the season, but she she shined at Reunion Part 1. You know when you're, I mean, you have a literal child. I do not. Um, but you know when, like, your kid graduates from kindergarten and you're like, oh, my God, they got their diploma or whatever, and they look so cute and they're, like, doing great. Milestones. Or, like, they, milestones. Or, like, when they, um, when they like, learn to crawl or whatever. That's how I watched Andy. Uh, that's how I watched Andy look at Angie during those yeah. moments like there was a certain amount of like I'm so proud of you like look at you mm-hmm. like good for you girl like you're doing this you're graduating you're almost in first grade like I just I loved it I love to watch mm-hmm. it it was it was actually very sweet yeah I said on my pod that there's a moment where Andy looks over at Lisa and Angie when yes. they're fighting and the look of pure just mm-hmm. it is pride it, it is, is pride. joy it's absolute joy and I said Andy, to me, in that moment, was the personification of the quote, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> that's that's Andrew. That 100%. Just we both, we see each other. With joy. We see yeah. each other. We mm-hmm. do. We both had that moment. Just a couple of BBDBs. Just yeah. And it was literally for just one second, yep. they looked over at him and I was like, look at him. I was like, look at him. Yeah. He was really proud. He, loves it. he was a little, he's a the bravo papa. He was a little Well, yeah, he's the fatty. godfather. He you is know, a he, he watches over mm-hmm. his flock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so any other standouts from the from the reunion? Uh okay. Uh, yeah, the glimmer in um <clears throat> in Monica's eye mm-hmm. whenever anybody stepped in to support anything that she was saying. She talked about being excommunicated and then trying to get back in and how hard that was to get back in. And Heather says Yes, I can attest to that. It's difficult. You have to go through a lot. And Mo- there was a glimmer in Monica's eye. And she's like, friend, can- we can get through this. We can get through this. And we can bond over being excommunicated. Just take my hand. I just feel like she's hopeful that they're going to be able to-, to get through this. I think she's struggling with figuring out which role it is that she's supposed to perform. Like, is she completely zero fucks with no room for anything else? Is she able to be an active listener when other people are talking about things that literally have nothing to do with her? Is she able to be supportive or sympathetic? Is she just here to tell everyone to go fuck themselves because she truly believes that there's no hope left? Or does she believe that the only hope is performing some aspect of a Jen Shaw theatrical troupe like i think she's she's to me like completely all over the place which is i think that she's like that in real life if i had to guess that she's not sure who she is i think that she just you know is chasing this thing of like fame but it's like but who are you why 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 would someone want to be like you because you seem like you just want to be like other people so what am i looking at just a blank canvas and you're you're cutting in things from magazines and that's what the thing is, or I don't know, because she started was like, you know, that that email to production where she's like, if you need an excommunicated Latina, you know, I'm your girl. But then the way she frames it on the show is like, I told him your show sucks and your ratings are, you know, shit and your show is going to get canceled. And you need the right person. I'm like, in fact, that's not in fact, that's not what you said at all. 
And they have the receipt. It's so easy to disprove her. It's so easy to disprove. It's so, and then she's like, "I'm being totally honest. It's exactly what I said. I'm being totally honest." And there, uh, it's on the screen. So, I mean, she's good TV. <laughs> but how much of it was real, Sarah? Is the question. Be- and and here's the real thing. Do you believe Meredith that? Monica brought up the whole thing about the Greek mafia, and and then all of a sudden Meredith got the DM. So, of course, she's going to be like, hey, I just got these DMs talking about exactly what you were talking about. Or do you believe that Meredith brought up the Greek mafia? There is no part of me. There is not a single <laughs> part of me that believes anything other than Meredith's take on that specific situation. Agreed. Agreed. Not on like Meredith being like, when I mentioned the husband, I wasn't talking about their marriage. I was like, the that is like, <laughs> and you can't like, sweetie, like you gotta, you gotta own the fact that when you talk about the husband in that way, there, yeah. your intention versus intent versus impact there is kind of important when talking about the hubs. But like, yeah, with all that fucking Greek mob shit and like, Monica, oh, and then someone DM me five seconds before our dinner reservation. Oh, my God. Just now. You won't believe it. Just now as we were sitting down, I got another one. Yeah, we won't. (laughs) We won't believe it, ma'am. A hundred percent. Monica did all of that. It's like not even a question to me. It's not even a question. There you go. I think the reaction is like, how do you feel about it? Yeah. You know, like that's the that's the combo. Because like, does anyone believe Monica about the... About that DM account definitely existing. Who would know how to create such a thing? My God. I mean, I think all of them don't. Now, 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 hold on now. Now, the housewives are not like innocent little, you know, kids in the field or something like they I think they all have burners and they all their staff are like out there dropping stuff. That's what I think. But um, well, Angie H's husband did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't really seem to flinch at that too much. I mean, it was distasteful. And they're like, oh, God. But it wasn't a deal breaker, although she's not back. So <laughs> so maybe it was. <laughs> so maybe it was. <laughs> Just not by the cast. <laughs> also, I highly recommend. So I watch live, okay, because I am incredible. I Yeah, I mean, I normally do. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, kudos to you. I almost never do. But I've done it a couple times. <laughs> I've done As of 2024, I have watched all of Salt Lake City live this entire wow. year. Okay, do you know how hard that is to do on January 12th to watch an entire franchise live? I mean, am I brave? Am I courageous? Have I is this a nunnery? Perhaps. That being said, um, I could not more highly recommend Peacock. I know everybody is doing it for the so you can see when someone calls someone else a cunt. Like, I get that. Oh, yeah. I watched the reunion on Peacock because I wanted to see it uncut. Oh, Talk about uncut. This dick is big because what we're fucking. There's a lot of cursing. Lot. I don't even give a shit about the cursing, and cursing is my love language. I the the convo about Jen, like the actual content that's given, like Mm -hmm. this the Michigas about like, and we didn't defend Jen and yada yada yada. Fascinating, like mm-hmm. genuine additional stuff that was not to my memory, my elder memory was not included in the that much of it was not included in the what we got for the live cut. Oh, that dick was smaller. It was still 
it performed very well, unlike Shaft. Yeah. But it was, huh. um, and everybody needs to watch the Salt Lake City reunion because it was, uh, it's, sorry, everyone needs to watch the Southern Charm reunion because it was unbelievable. But um, I'm so behind on Southern Charm. I can't wait oh, to catch up though. I keep God. hearing stuff. I know, oh, I know, I know. So I've heard. Good. I was screaming and also Craig Conover is like, literally a god among men i'm going it's not even a question of do you hear what you just said no i don't care you're wrong i don't care he's incredible and what he did in this episode is like boom boom so what i'm hearing is he did the bare minimum agency like no 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 no. you're gonna watch that episode and you're gonna come back don't even say bare minimum he's doing more than like most men would which is (laughs) probably close to bare minimum but like huge on any franchise little the, the amount of emotional labor intelligence Good. maturity I'm glad I'm glad to hear it if you're attesting to it I, I'm glad to you hear know, it you know I, I, I'm just used to him rolling with Austin and them both being insufferable not not happening well okay, I don't good Austin is neither here nor there happy but to like, see it and that's that says you know what people can change whenever they want to but circling it. back to the uncensored i mean their conversation about jen and about like and we you know let her get her away with shit and she was telling us she was innocent after being sentenced yep. and expected us to believe it and yeah we you know sort of they didn't really uh you know, co-sign um, the level of dragging that I think they deserve for standing with her, which is different mm-hmm. from um, and seemingly supporting her innocence, which is different from, I think, other options that they had available, but saying that she was punitive and um, aggressive, reactive, explosive, all, all the things that toxic, I just um, potentially not surprising information, but uh, clarifying. Yeah, I guess what frustrates me, though, is that, you know, Meredith, we all know, at one time was a lawyer, went to law school. I think she's still, she might still have her. I, I is she still practicing? Still I don't know if she's still licensed and practicing. practicing. But I, I bet she has her license. I don't know if she has her license in Salt Lake, but I bet she has it in Chicago. Okay, so let's just say that. Okay. So she's she she's a smart lady, or at least she's gone to, to law school. And she has an MBA, I think, too. Okay, great. That might be wrong. Uh, all you had to do was read the filing. I don't think Meredith needed to read the filing to know Jen was guilty. I think she always knew Jen was guilty. I think that was the whole Did thing they? that they were talking about. Because I got about. the impression that they were saying... I think that they were saying that she was innocent. I don't think a single person in that cast ever thought she was once info came out following the arrest. Following the shock of like, oh my God, this sprinter van is also a jail. Wait, so you don't think they thought that she was guilty? That's what you're saying? No, I don't think that they ever truly thought she was innocent. They were just okay, not yeah, calling yeah. her out as guilty. Or if they were, a la Meredith, they recanted later on because they were afraid. Okay, see, that's my beef is that all you from from the moment it came out, we were all shocked. But it's like if you just read it, there's no way that she didn't do these things. And so I don't understand how they could be like, and she kept telling us that she was innocent. And so we backed her. And it's like, listen, guys, a lot of people are going to tell you that they're innocent, but feel free to read the filing from the government to see. Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't think I, I I think that a certain amount of what they're saying now is still bullshit. Sorry, I should clarify. I, I think that we're talking more honestly about this and about the consequences. But like, do I ever think she was do I ever think that Heather thought that Jen Shaw was innocent? I don't pass the point of like information coming out after the when in the hours, days after your friend was arrested. You're just trying to figure this out. 
maybe the weeks, maybe some of the months, but in my core, in Heather's core, do I think that Heather thought that Jen was innocent? No. Do I think that Heather thought maybe Jen will get away with this? Yes. But that's Uh, different. That's maybe, you know, like that's do you a presumption of innocence. Do I think that that could have been uh, a way out for Jen potentially in an imaginary world in which the deck wasn't stacked entirely against her by like overwhelming exceeding evidence? I think that maybe there was a question of and I think maybe Heather didn't have an understanding of the legal ramifications for this. But do I think that Heather genuinely ever thought Jen was innocent? I don't. Do I think Meredith ever thought it? Absolutely not. And then Lisa was honest. And I think Whitney was honest. And I don't remember if anybody else was there. Mary's out to lunch. I know. It's just that, you know, Meredith and Heather both went went with her to New York for her, I think. I can't remember if it was... When she Preparing for just trial. filed her guilty plea and, and did that whole thing. Anyway, whatever. Jen's gone now. But it it was irritating that the first question was about her because she's watching and she's loving it and she loves attention, I'm sure. Yeah, but so. how do you not – this is the thing, though. It's like, it's like unwinnable because if they don't mention Jen, there's going to be feedback from people saying, how do you not bring up this thing when there was overwhelming upset from the audience toward the cast? About their no, I know. Just Jen. like the very first question, I think you it. have Just because... to do it first. I think you have to get it out of the way, otherwise it's going to be hanging over stuff, and it might mix up into the Monica of it all. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But Monica, it just like it's a little bit chilling. Some of the things don't sit right. Some of the things are like, okay, she worked really hard. She's trying really hard to like tap dance for everybody and like have storylines, and even if she's you know, making up stuff or embellishing, you know, at best, things like that. But it's like the drive-bys. And why lie to Meredith? Why say, it's so cute. I've never been here before. Why? Why even? It's just digging a hole for yourself. She, she, of course she is. It's like nothing but holes. And then I'm, it's exactly what I said. It's, It's exactly. And then they just pull up the correct email. So there's, it's, it it's tough because it's like, well, you know what? If they keep her on the show, we just have to go into it being like, you can't trust a damn thing. You don't know what's up or down. Monica should feel pretty pleased that the full edit was not shown to the audience because I think if the audience on whatever fucking night we watch this shit live Tuesday, I think if the audience saw her weird shaky explanation about her business and it's not even like the ppp loans but it's like the valuation of her business the valuation was that not in the in the one that aired on bravo i mean honestly i was high not literally but like yeah (laughs) although i would be talking i was high literally you were high literally i was high (laughs) i was like riding high off of the fumes off of like I can't believe this is happening when I watched it live I don't remember the conversation about the uh valuation of her company the fact that blankets were purchased by customers and never received I don't remember that in the live version I could be 100% wrong if it was in the live version and it was just new to me in on the fucking uncensored extended episode on Peacock like god bless it just it landed with a thud for me I was like the look of fear in her eyes like I'm sorry she was like lying through her ass about those blankets like I'm sure that there was more than they could there was just stuff to me that was like did not track in some of her explanations of her business practices 
Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of questions, and I pointed out, like, if you go to her Instagram, she's got over 300,000 followers, but let's be clear, she built that on the back of this baby product company. And the baby product company, I don't know if it's no more, but then she clarified on the reunion saying, no, we're we're back in business. I'm just having to go real slow. And it was like just this long-winded thing. But then also I've had to cancel a lot of orders um, because Andy was talking about her divorce and saying like, it said in your divorce proceeding, you're getting $6,600 a month. Good for you. But then also that your company- $6,600 a month? Correct. $6,600 a month. Okay, that's a lot of money because I thought he said six 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 hundred, but it was communicated in a weird way. Six thousand six hundred. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of money. When he said six hundred, I was like, that's technically support, but for four kids, six hundred dollars a month is not anywhere near enough support. Okay, so if it's six thousand, that's that's a couple dollars. That's yeah, that's some support. And then, um, and he said, and your company is valued at nothing. And the way he asked it, I said to myself, I wonder when she was, quote, applying to Bravo, if it was like, oh, and I run this baby company and it's so successful and here's what it is. And now he's like, this thing is valued at nothing. You're not even making baby blankets. And I said in the pod, like, she could have been making baby blankets. With all this time she spent, I think, you know, scheming storylines and trying to make things happen. She could have been secure in the bag and doing what housewives do best, which is selling us something or trying to. You know, meanwhile, she's going to like Whitney's jewelry launch, Meredith's jewelry launch. Everybody's trying to do something. And she's talking about the Greek mafia. Um, 100%. I also just want to clarify, just did a little Google here at the law offices of the Cloth HQ LLC. Um that Esquire, that she was, Monica was awarded sole legal and physical custody of her four daughters, and her ex was ordered to pay Monica $2,636 a month in child support and $4,000 a month in alimony. So that brings a total of $6,600, but it's um, not just child support plus alimony. It's a combination of the two. And then he was given exclusive use and possession of their former Utah home, but she might give him $130,000 for his share of the equity. Um, And he gets holidays. So just to clarify. So he was, so Andy was right in saying $6,600, but it wasn't uh, purely child support. It's not all child support. On the episode, it made it seem like that was all just child support. But I remember when her divorce stuff was announced and people were like, oh, she got alimony and she got something else. So So I feel like the reaction to Monica has been fairly split, including in like audience, content creators, whatever of like, she's our queen, go stand. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who are, are yeah, are very into it. And also, she's our queen, go stand, but like, don't continue on the show. Or she's our queen, go stand, continue on the show. Where do you find yourself? I mean, like, it's great TV, but like, where do you find yourself in the Monica of it all? I don't know. I mean, this is a conversation that Bravo Bravo people probably need to really sit and and talk about what direction do we want to take this show? Because I think that is going, that is making a strong choice. When they originally cast her not knowing, not knowing in quotes, because we don't know if they knew or not that she was running that account, they there's no way they could have known about the drive-bys, about the hairdresser, how close that connection was, and the hairdresser is still Heather's hairdresser, um, you know, about some of the other stuff that just kind of creeps me out a little bit. So about the business, there's a bunch of stuff that has come out since then 
lying about being in Meredith's store, running with that, you know, whole crew. Um, I don't know. It's up to them. It's up to them. I don't know what they want to do with with Salt Lake City. If they just want to go with chaos and mess, because I didn't think they were going to have Mary back, but they did. They did. So I said, like, and I will always say this, I think they will always go with ratings. Uh, as long as somebody's not completely convicted of a crime and, um, you know, tarnishing the brand to that degree. But and I think the like cast wanting to continue if I think if the cast was given the choice of like, do you back in the day, do you want to continue filming with Jen? And if you say not, we will protect you um, till yeah. the rest of humanity from her from like online attacks, or whatever else. I think the vast majority of the cast would say we don't want to continue with her. But like, I make agree. It into I think they would have said no. I think that yeah. they would have said no. I think the difference here is like the cast does not want to film with Monica and they are in a position where they can say we don't want to film with Monica. I, they might mm -hmm. not be that might not be the final answer. But I think that there is a genuine problem if you have someone who is essentially a, a troll content creator on the show whose entire who, a big part of whose uh, whose storyline on the show wasn't discussed in this way and doesn't have a lot of equity aside from that. If the entirety now, of Monica is now built in this thing and that thing is the reason that the cast doesn't want to move forward, and she's got nothing else going on. That leads to a historic, unbelievable, phenomenal EGOT finale, but that doesn't lead to her second season too. Correct. So that's my that's my issue too. When I bring up the whole the the company that she just you know neglected for whatever reason to focus on storylines is that who are you? Like if everything that you contributed was this falsehood, then what are we bringing back? And that's that's the question Bravo has to ask themselves. We're just bringing back absolute chaos and mess and no holds barred and shameless, uh, or do we think that she can actually do something? and contribute something that isn't just scheming and plotting. Because the troll account is one thing. And I've said this too, like, there's just so many factors. It's not just, I was one of five people who contributed to this account because we were trying to expose Jen Shaw. It kind of got out of hand. Like, she could have addressed that. She came on the show saying, like, I'm going to call myself out. Here's the affair I had. Here's this. Here's this skeleton, blah, blah, blah. But she doesn't talk about that. And she could have. And just been like, just so you know, is this thing, you know, I'm not super proud of it, but I felt like at the time the world needed to see who this person was. You all know who she, you know, truly ended up being at the, at the time. It was difficult to work with her. But instead we found out that allegedly she met Jen Shaw by trailing her husband who went to go fix something at Jen Shaw's house. What? And then, yeah, that the how they actually met was that her husband, I think his name is Mike. I don't know. It's on some blind somewhere. Um, or not a blind, but like somebody actually brought this yeah. forth saying he saw, oh, it was on, it was a watch with Crappens guys. They're talking about how he saw a, um, Jen, somebody in Jen Shaw's house needed something fixed and he was on some handyman site, like an Angie's list, but it's local to Utah. And so he was contracted to come. And the assumption is that when she saw who he was going to go do a handyman job for, she came along too she met Jen, started talking to Jen, and then on the reunion, she's saying, I didn't even know she was a housewife when I met her. Okay. Sure. Because there's the... Really? Wait, are we sure that wasn't like them joking? That was like a real thing that happened? That was you, as you know, far I as I can see. I mean, I usually know when people are joking. Oh, okay. Um, and they got that from 
they got that from somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like know. they were like, okay, I wanted to they make were sure like, it wasn't like a meme, like a video kind of like a sassafras. No, they were talking on their pod and they were like, remember that this happened. And they were like, yeah, that's right. So-and-so said that this is where this came from. Now I can dig down the tunnel and find where the, the source of that. I'm not going to because I'm too tired with Salt Lake City. But that's that's the word on the street is that that's how she met uh, Jen Shaw. And so there's a lot of work behind the scenes going in to it. Uh, and so stuff like that, I think, is something, again, for them to weigh and think about. Yeah, I think that she's at a crisis point where it's like you got to come in 100 and be 100% because that's just the yeah. position which you find yourself or not. And she's doing the latter. And it's her kind of muddying the waters and trying to do both sides. It's not working out in her future She for her future. It's not really super working out for her present. Like, the past is great. We love that finale. Holy shit. Phenomenal. But like, I think one of the one of many reasons why she didn't come forward and be honest about, you know, I'd be doing the trolling is because she wanted to continue doing it. That's why the stuff happened with with Meredith and the DM. She wouldn't have been able to get away with it. If they already knew that she had a troll account, they would be like, you're just doing the same same shit over again. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I was going to say because that account is is defunct, like it hasn't posted anything since 2022. Um, but it was vicious. And it makes sense now because that account freaked me out. And I see now why, because it had like this pack mentality and people can can just get out of hand when they're, you know, they get that mentality together, like this Lord of the Flies thing, these five people. And it it felt nasty. I'm like, yeah, you're trying to take down a person who's, you know, pretty terrible. But it just got it got too mean and weird. Um, and that's the issue there. And I think maybe that's just. That's why, to me, you know, they're calling it a troll account. I'm not correcting it because it wasn't like it was a social justice. Here's receipts on Jen and that's the end of it. It was like it just. It took pleasure. Show, yes. It was joyous in her um, demise. It was mocking. It was uh, like they were showing pictures of her like working out the last time they posted and been like getting ready for prison. It's like, you know, you can make a couple jokes like that every now and then. But like that's just what the account, the whole purpose, the whole purpose was that but if you were if you were a former employee or employee in quotes and ps that's another gray area when she was like i wasn't paid because they're saying they didn't get paid she's saying she just did it out of the goodness of her heart i met a friend that's like if we met each other and i was like oh do you need me to just come to your house every day and help you get places on time no pick up your dry cleaning go to the grocery store for you i have four kids at home but i'm gonna do that no and then they play the voicemail of her being like, Kim K was an assistant, bitch. Look at her now. She's fanized. This is my stepping stone. Something about the fact, even regardless of that, and that's a big regardless, is something about her not being paid. That does not. Something about what? Something about her not being paid and calling yes. herself an employee, but now doing it like in quotes or whatever. And not being, something about that. We yeah. need more intel. But. I mean, that's that I would think that if you were a, a former quote unquote employee who was in an incredibly toxic situation with Jen, that you would understandably so take pleasure in seeing her um, like in the arms of justice. You know, like I, I get that. I get that. I'm not I, I would think that, sure, the people that she personally. And it makes more sense now. The account makes more sense now that there was a pack of people that had all had this experience, you know, with Jen because um, it was confusing at the time. It was like, what's it? What is this? And where is this coming from? But 
don't know. I've never understood Tanisha's connection to Jen. Do you? Like, did she work for her or something? Or was she just friends with these people? I don't go down those paths. I'm not. I don't a, want to. I don't do that kind of investigation. I'm more like. I obviously haven't. I, I think that she was. Wasn't Tanisha somebody's good friend? Oh, it was obviously Monica's. I mean, I think that I through their good friendship, you know, they talked a lot. And Tanisha, I think, was extremely, whether or not she was part of the core six, I think she was obviously extremely supportive and on board and coming up with ideas based on all the screenshots that have been um, shared this week by one of the other um, core members of their married troupe. But I just think it's toxic people feed off of each other. And that kind of energy is just like when you include and use a platform of social media for it, I think you can go down a lot of winding paths. I think there has been conversation online of like, wait, but I don't see any posts of the account dragging the cast. So was that a lie? Like, did the account actually drag the cast? Now, Monica acknowledged a little that, and so did one of her contemporaries, colleagues, acknowledge a little that like, yes, they did uh, criticize members of the cast potentially coming out of their support of Jen. But then it veered into ways of like talking about marriages and stuff where I'm like, oh, are you doing this for vengeance too? So that was the only thing that I saw. Yeah, I couldn't understand it because they showed stuff on screen and the and the Bravo producers put at the bottom repost of a repost. And so I was like, okay. So that's not something that they crafted or composed. It's a repost of a repost. And so I'm reading it and I'm like, okay, are they just trying to cuz I saw several examples of where they were trying to show the women what Jen was saying about them behind their backs. Or something like that. And it's like, well, then the damaging thing was said by Jen, but not the account is airing it. Anyway, I've lost the thread on it. I'm not sure if the account ever did antagonize other housewives. Maybe they did through DMs and we didn't, you know, weren't privy to that. I was not aware that the other women hated that account so much or were so cognizant of it. So that was kind of a surprise to me. That's what doesn't make sense is like how they were so aware and like sort of terrified. Like they all gasped as if it was this creature that they were all completely familiar with, this scary thing. And I was like, wow, that must have been a really big deal in Salt Lake City then, that account to them. Because, you know, to all of us, it's like, okay, there are accounts that say mean things. It's the end of the day. We move on. But... They all, it stuck, that name like stuck out in their mind. But there's so many mean accounts online that it was it was interesting that they all registered with it. And that one had 5,000 followers. But Salt Lake City is yeah, also a small town. So I don't know. Yeah, it's true. That's if true. It, it did, if it did feel local, then I could understand a certain fear about mm-hmm. uh, that. Exactly. So that upset. could just be, yeah, that could just be like, because especially if you're looking at that account and you're from Salt Lake City or you're a real housewife of Salt Lake City, then you might be able to recognize, like, this is somebody close to us and we can't figure out who. And so it might have stuck in their minds. Whereas us from the outside, we're like, I don't know, I guess somebody who was close to Jen got this footage and is leaking it. So So. we talked a little bit about what, you know, the network might do, yada, yada, yada. What do you want? Do you want Monica back? Do you not want her back? Oh, God. I honestly, I'm so dead inside. I'm so dead inside right now. I'm not going to accept that as an answer. And I know that you've done so much work and everybody needs to listen to your podcast. 
high and low, but I am going both high and low right now and saying, because I love you, I'm not allowing you to get out of this question because I know that you have an answer. I know that you do. It might not be one that I agree with, but I know that you have one and it's not going to be difficult. Like gut instinct, BBDB, do you want to wreck? Yes or no? Just say it. You said so much other stuff. <laughs> it's like, this is nothing. I think to be a, look at, I think the reality of being a Bravo fan, a good one. She's going to talk her way around it. Is you knowing what's bitch. good for the show. No, I don't believe this. And then also knowing what mess is. And there has to be a healthy balance. There has to be a healthy balance. Cool. Just say it. What do you have to lose? My uh, To my own self, I'm my own judge. I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. I, you can change your mind later. Welcome to Amazon. I'm going to say my answer is a reflection of how I live my life. Okay. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because she's too bad girls club in a Bravo world. She took it too far. It's too, I'm a student of reality TV. Here's all the tricks I can think of. And again, my main question is who the hell are you? Because a real housewife, a good one you know who they are and what they stand for, and they have opinions. What are yours? I'm still not sure. What is what drives you? I'm still not sure. Do you even know? I, I... Maybe Reality Von Tees was Monica's Mr. Holland's opus, and she created the thing that she maybe is most proud of, her her great symphony. And that is where she will have a legacy. She will have a legacy, but she just might not have a future on, on Salt Lake. Yeah. Now, having said that, if they ca- if they recast her, the because w- we all said okay, they they can't have Mary back on the show, and they did. If they recast, we'll be like okay, all right. Didn't saw that coming. What do you mean recast is, her? If they keep her on, if they continue her on, I would not flinch because I'd be like, it's it's all about the ratings. There's no way she's going to be back. There's well, no way. Let's hide and watch. Let's hide and watch. I've been wrong so many times before. I have no problem being wrong. I have no problem standing strong and being like, there's no way she's going to be back. Who can't, Who gives a shit if I'm wrong? It's just how I feel right now. I don't I, I don't know anything. Like, welcome to Andy's girls. Like, I don't think there's any way she's going to be back. She very well might. I'm fine with that. I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying, as of right now, at this moment, thank her. God bless her. Let there be a parade in Salt Lake attended by maybe the remaining five, except minus Tanisha, if you consider a part of the six. So four-ish people. Maybe you can hold up computers if they want to stay anonymous. And they can you can Mm -hmm. just hold up a phone for someone's handle. Um, I will cherish what she has given us. You know what I actually do feel a little bit? Because I am... I'm a person who comes from a place of FOMO and I come from a place of regret. And I just felt instinctively, <laughs> I do, I'm, I always feel, and guilt and shame. It's just like, it's those are the powers that leave me. And also some light and a shoe now and then. But um, I, on Tuesday, when I did watch the finale live, I decided to watch it with my community on Instagram, my thriving community. Dozens of people joined yeah. me. And so I, I reacted to stuff. So I was like, 
watch this moment, watching it live, reacting live, then post the story because it has like a max of a minute or whatever, then keep watching. So I didn't watch it all the way through once for myself. Sarah, that's exactly what I do. That's exactly what my recaps are when I I watch them live. I'm not meant I'm not meant to have your life. I'm not meant to have not for not for moments of history like this where it's like someone's watching whatever, but they're not doing it. The I did it the entire hour. I feel like I lost. I think I lost a part of the magic. I, I really do think I lost a part of the magic because I was like making sure that I had like captions and stuff. Yeah, uh, I, that's normally what I do. I watch it and then I'll, um, you know, record part of it live if I see, like, feel like something's coming up or I'll stop and talk about something and then keep going, stop and talk about something and I keep going. I the reason I preferred, I, I really do enjoy doing it that way. It takes a little bit longer. It makes so much a normal, longer. Yeah. It, well, I got it down to 90 minutes. So wow. instead of like the show being 45 minutes with no commercials or an hour with commercials, I get it down to 90 with me just going mm. through it and pausing it, whatever. You know, barring some crazy thing happening on the show. But I like to knock it out and have my fresh first reaction Mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. You know, a pod, you get to hem and haw and then sit down and and do your pod. But it's just your, it's like, you know, a Rorschach test of like, what do you see in this blot? And we move on. So it's beautiful. This is why I'm so thankful that after I watched the reunion, I immediately recorded because I just like needed to talk it through. And I said on the recording, don't expect this the next two weeks. It's not going to happen, but it might happen because I was I wanted to talk in long form about my thoughts because I love this kind of AG where we dance, we go back and forth and we sort of talk about like the energy in the room and not necessarily like the TikTok like run of show of like what occurred. That is my ideal kind of episode to record. I just I personally enjoy that a lot. And there's so many other recap episodes that like for me to just talk about like a couple moments and like hear your thoughts is a dream situation. Can you tell the AGs about this incredible new beginning that you have with your podcast high and low? Tell us mention it all. Um, the mission statement of it, what it currently is like, what the episodes up that people can listen to. Yes. First episode, we have three or four episodes up right now. I say we as in me, me and me. That's the we. Uh, The first one was on BravoCon, Vegas, baby, Vegas, all things Sarah is mentioned in there about us jumping over human poop on our way to our hotel. You were very upset by the human poop. I was not as... Well, you you live it. in New York I, City. You live in New York City. I was City, like, baby. it's crap. It came from somewhere. Like honestly, a deer or a neighbor. You know, saying like anything's possible. And the really the reason I mentioned it was again because I feel like it's it's it would be nice if they had enough hotel rooms for everybody a little closer, a little closer, uh, at nicer hotels. Yeah. So we'll see if that happens next time. But anyway, first one was on BravoCon. Second one I did. Um, I oh my god, I am so tired. I'm like blanking, but I've done them on Beverly Hills, Salt Lake City, doing all kinds of recaps, and I'm shifting some deep dives to YouTube. Subscribe mm. there as well. That's where I'm going to post all my receipts because all my visuals and receipts I've been posting on Instagram. And I started noticing. I was like, oh my god, where'd that dive go? And I went to go find it in my highlights, and it was just gone, just gone. Like like it had timed out. Because that's how many highlights I have up now. I have too many dives and highlights up. So moving all that to uh, YouTube, where it can live in perpetuity. And the podcast is so fun and great. And I took my time doing it because I wanted the sound to be perfect. As Sarah knows, I like I love some good sound. And that took a minute. You do love some good sound. And I love that journey for you. But it's called High and Low. 
And you can find it everywhere that there are podcasts. Hi, Ampersand Low. I did not name it a Bravo name because my name already has Bravo in it three times. <laughs> they got enough out of me. And I still pay full price at BravoCon. So enough, enough, Taylor Voice. And you know you are truly, you're one of my favorite people. You're one of my favorite guest co-hosts. You're one of my favorite BravoCon roomies. You have such an incredible voice quite literally like I could listen to you for hours at a time and be too kind soothed it's a wonder it's a perfect voice for podcasting as they as those people say the perfect voice for radio which is what podcasting is kind of at this point it is um, it's like it's the 50s and we have our own radio shows it is. Um, and in addition to that, you are so smart. You're so insightful. We can tell each other to go fuck ourselves or whatever, some kind of fucking like, you know, you just you get it. You're so funny. You're so smart. You're so quick. You're not afraid to have an opinion unless I ask you if you want Monica to come back. <laughs> that's a favorite. tough that's a tough question to answer. Did I say something that I appreciate you and back at you. It's tough because that was a really, really entertaining season, but you have to ask yourself why. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm no one will ever take this season away from us. I will I will ensure it, no matter what settlements, a divorce happening between us and our we'll memories. Always have this. We will always have this season. It will always be a part of us. We should always remember and treasure not only what we've seen, but the two weeks to come. Um, so I could not more highly recommend that people listen to your show. You know, I uh, when I think of the Bravo community, the reason that I one of the reasons, one of many reasons why I find a lot of value in it is because of the friends that I've met along the way, but also truly because Agreed. of like someone like you and you are, you know, you're singular, you're singular voice. You really are. You really are. Oh, thank you. Back at you. I appreciate you and the things that you bring to the Bravo space as well, because I feel like a lot of it is like, or it can be mess for mess's sake. Mm. And and that's okay. And that can be funny, but um, it also makes you feel a little gross mm. for a minute. So, Speaking of gross, I've got a story for you offline about oh. um, cutting meat because you said something. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I got a story for you. I, it's a celeb. I can't, I can't okay. say it on the show. <laughs> from a prior life so we'll get into that um listen in the meantime uh when do your episodes go up so people can look forward not only to catching up but keeping up i am doing my utmost for every monday and every thursday two you're starting it to a week Fuck. that's right i don't mess around jesus okay let's Thank circle you. back well you know what i i was like you know once a week just is not enough and i don't think i can do more than two a week right now but I'm looking on there, and a lot of people are posting something almost every day, you. Uh, uh, yeah, but others. that's seven years, and even then, that's we're 500 episodes in. I didn't start two episodes a week until, I think, last year, year before. Yeah, but I've been doing this in my head for like two, three years. I just didn't have, a, I didn't have the mic set up. Got yeah. it. Okay. So you've got some episodes that are essentially done. They just need to be Yeah, no, I mean, if, if somebody was recording and editing for me, sky's the limit. How many we want to do? It's the labor. It's the unpaid labor. It is the unpaid labor. <laughs> that sets me back. Um, listen, where can people follow you on social? All that and more. Everywhere at Bravo Bravo Ducking Bravo. Again, YouTube, TikTok, Instagrams, all the places. And high and low podcasts. Subscribe to it. 
Love. And after you're yeah. finished subscribing to High and Low, speaking of free labor, can you please uh, consider joining the Andy's Girls Patreon? It's the number one way to support the pod. I did a live reaction, hour-long episode up now with my live reaction to the Summer House trailer. What a moment. What a journey. I was also joined by Allison Leiby, where we deep dive our reactions. I mean, listen, all the Lindsay Carl, Amanda Kyle moments that made us say, what the fuck? Definitely extra cackle. And ensure that Andy's Girls keeps trucking along, especially in celebration of AG500, the very next episode of Andy's Girls Classic. What a moment in time. So sign up for the AG Patreon at patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I am releasing my holiday card on social this weekend, which I absolutely forgot to do. And also still have many, many cards I have not yet mailed. So... (laughs) If I've reached out to you on Patreon for your address or on Instagram or wherever, because I've been sliding into some DMs for some people that I've found very sassy over the year where I've said, listen, Auntie Sarah here, I'd love to send you a card. So um, thanks for your patience with that. And um, I think it's worth it. It was a a solid card this year. Do you think? I'm excited to see it. You have seen it. You've received it already weeks ago. I did not receive it. (gasps) You didn't? I haven't gotten a card from you yet. I was literally just checking the other day. Shut the fuck up. You know I keep a spreadsheet. I'm sure you do. I was just about to say, how are you not having just like a spreadsheet at this point? No, I have a spreadsheet. Let me look up. All right. We'll look off. We'll look offline. We'll no, look no, offline. no, no. We're looking on o- online and I'm going <laughs> to. I've mailed it to you. I have yes, yes. And it's color coded in green. I mailed it to you. Wait, when did you mail it? That would have been in December because I also have a stack that I haven't mailed and then I have another stack. Swear to God. We'll we'll talk about your address offline. Okay. But okay. swear to God, that was mailed a literal okay. several weeks ago. So that's a problem. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, guys, I guess Merry Christmas because <laughs> it's still mid-December. Um, thanks guys to all of you for listening. Can't believe next episode, AG 500, just a wild, wild journey. So thank you so much for being AGs, keeping up with us, keeping up with the Kardashians with Kim K and so much more. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.